Hey, Ryguy here. Welcome to the pilot episode of Oasis Podcast New Mexico, produced by Deep Dive Coding's Digital Media Cohort 2. We hope you enjoy our entrepreneurial adventure with Alonzo Indoquechea, the current CEO of Eleven Online, which is an online web solutions firm in downtown Albuquerque. Alonzo is also an Ingenuity Deep Dive alumnus of the Full Stack Web Development Bootcamp, which is a 450-plus hour intense full-time introduction to the world of building web applications from scratch. Please follow us at Oasis Podcast NM on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Well, I am sitting here with uh, Alonzo, and uh, I guess the first thing I would probably like to ask is how to pronounce your last name. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> My last name is Indacochea. Indacochea. Okay. Yeah, Indacochea. It's a weird name. It's a Basque name. My family from my dad's side is Italian and Basque, um, and but but they, you know, they ended up in, in Peru. Okay. And so, you know, I'm Peruvian. Got the weird name. When I was growing up, people mispronounced it and called me all kinds of crazy things. Oh, yeah. It's like Alonzo, Indo. Well, they all have to do with, like, See, Indo weed. might be pretty cool of a nickname. They all have to do with, like, weed in different ways, I think. Like, Indo, Indochina, Indonesia, you know, I don't know, et cetera, et cetera. And now, this is maybe relevant. Now, um, if I go to a bar... And I give them my card, keep the tab open, okay. right? Yep, yep. And then I want to close out, right? And they say, what's your last name? And I always tell them it's the long last name that starts with an I. <laughs> the one you probably can't pronounce. Well, because it's just, <laughs> like, honestly, the chances of someone else's, yeah, someone else so being true. there with yeah. a long last name starts with an I is, like, unusual. And that's the easiest way to communicate it, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's probably, like, a, it's, it's always sort of marked me as, different and weird so you know i probably in some level ran with it well hey absolutely gotta do it yeah so let's talk a little bit about 11 online so you're currently the ceo um what would be a kind of a quick uh intro to what you guys kind of do maybe some of the direction you're kind of going into yeah well this is a great question because we really thought um i think one of our one of our efforts this year is to focus our brand a whole lot more you know really when we started maybe a little bit of background I can tell you exactly how we came up with Hermes. That was me. So what happened was, you know, we all had our personal projects. And in that camp, you have a capstone project that you do with a team, and then you have a personal project. Okay. The personal project is like just a simple website project, right? And in my mind, I was already kind of thinking, well, if I'm going to do a personal project, I should do it for my consulting company like that, you know, I start afterwards, right? And yeah. so I remember... We were supposed to be thinking about names or whatever, or domains, right? And then one day, uh, John Mearswa, who was at the time running the camp, he uh, comes in and he says, there's a special on domains. You need to make a decision today, right? Nothing um, like a little urgency to make your decision. Yeah, right? so he's just like, decide today because there's a special running today okay. on the price. So, yeah, I just thought, I don't know why. I just thought, like, I don't know. I've always been into Greek mythology. I always thought that was super interesting. And, like, for me, like, I thought, you know, like, Hermes, the messenger god. And I just kept thinking, okay, well, we'll help you deliver your message, Absolutely. right? Like, I love it. It was just, like, it was like, yeah, very yeah. simple, yeah, like, just, yeah. like, okay, yeah. But Hermes has some really clear symbols, right? Like, yep. there's ankle, the sort of shoe with the, the sandal with the wing, yeah. and, and he has, like, a helmet. I don't know. It's, like, it's very, so it was very easy for me to imagine, like, what it would look like okay. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. And even early on, we did a trade with a graphic designer where we built her website, and then she did our logo. Oh, okay. Well, that's wonderful. But yeah, that's so that was cool. So 
maybe a little bit of background. When myself, uh, my partner Jay, and then another guy, Florian, we were all together in boot camp. We started Hermes. When we started Hermes, all we wanted to do was keep writing code after the boot camp. That was that was it. Yeah. So one of the things that I thought about was one of the TAs, this guy Eric. Okay. Um, he was there and he was talking about his company, and his company was building websites for businesses, and that's kind of the way they kept it going after they left the boot camp, right? So, like for me. I kind of saw that as a clear path, like it was a reasonable path, right? Like we were coming out of the boot camp, not very experienced, you know, everyone needs a website. Absolutely. So we kind of just thought, okay, well, maybe this is the direction we'll go in to at least be able to pay our rents and yeah, mortgages and, and still like write code, right? So really that was it. We were kind of wondering, you know, what it was like at the time. So maybe some of the projects that maybe stand out in your mind from that time. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about that is it was us it was us trying to figure out how it was to like run a business and so I think back to those days and it's weird like I feel like I was really optimistic and I'm not sure why it's sometimes hard for me to get back into that mental state just because I don't know maybe it was just like sort of born of that excitement of doing something new and I think back what we're up to now and compared to what we were doing then and I just I don't know I think I must have been pretty delusional but you know sometimes thinking that way helps so I think that's the main thing I think about you know we worked on lots of different projects we built e-commerce websites we had some application dev projects for a startup in town and a couple of other projects like that and I think that they were they were great learning experiences on so many levels. And at the end of twenty seventeen, in seven months I think we had made like I don't know, fifty K or something, roughly. I, I can't remember exactly, but split between the three of us. So we were really excited about that, which is kinda of hilarious. But then in January Florian left to work for OpenEye and they just made him a really good offer and uh, you know, he had to take it because he was supporting himself and his wife largely on, on his own. He had to take it. So then it was me and Jay and we had to kind of figure out like, okay, what's next for us? And what was good, what was fortunate was that we lined up something for February that was like a four month long project that allowed us to pay ourselves just off of that project, which was great. And we did worked on that project, and then in February, I was able to get um, a bunch of other deals closed. That basically kind of took us to, let's say, July, like in terms of like knowing that we were going to be in, in a good position to at least pay ourselves a little, something. And then we hired our first intern, which again was an experiment. It was purely out of... Florian leaving, and we thought about it, and we were like, oh, what makes us different? What is a strength that we can use to make our, our business better? And the thing that I came up with was we came out of a boot camp. We know what it's like to transition coming out of a boot camp to doing real work. I bet we could train someone coming out of the boot camp. I bet we could train someone to, to level up and 
do the work that we were doing. And at the time, Kellogg was offering a thing where they were matching salary. And so basically it let us try someone out for three months for a lot cheaper. And I just kind of had my eye to the future that we wanted to do that anyway. So that's what we did, and it worked really well. And then in and then July, we closed a big application development deal for a startup out of state. And so that like then put us in a place of strength for the rest of the day. Yeah, for the rest of the year, essentially. Was that, uh, did you guys have that period of uh, just kind of churning away, eating up projects? or? Yeah, so that, that big project is a project that we did together with Eric and Josh from 11 Online. And then, again, I'd known them for a while. Uh, I especially, I was friendly with Eric. I was always angling to figure out a way for us to collaborate. And when I made that deal happen and we were working together on it, it was going really well in October. We were talking, and they were thinking about getting out of doing WordPress work, I guess. And so Eric, I think, he called me, and he was like, hey, would you guys be interested in doing our WordPress work? And I was like, I mean, sure, yeah, but why don't we just run the company? Like, why don't we just run one company? Then we can keep doing the WordPress work. We can keep doing all the other work. And I kind of elaborated, like, a bigger vision. Right. Like I was like, you know, I think if we grow our team, we'll have access to bigger projects. If we offer more services, we'll have access. So I kind of articulated that vision. And I think that really appealed to them. And that's what got the ball rolling on that. And pretty soon, like I think a couple of weeks after we had even started talking about it, we just had like a handshake deal that we were going to spend the next couple of months. So November and December positioning ourselves so that legally we would be one company in 2017 which was pretty crazy. But I think one of the things we immediately started doing was we, we invited them to work with us where we were working at the time. And they had a couple people on their team. And basically we had our, the people on our team. And then we all went to lunch together and we just announced to them, so we're merging and we're gonna all start working together. So that was pretty exciting. So yeah, November and December 2017 or 2016, we just spent furiously doing the things we need to do to be one company. We put together a holiday party to sort of formally announce the thing. We put out a press release. We got picked up. Like 100 people came to the holiday party. And it was really good because it basically invited every client that we had ever had and friends and family and acquaintances and all sorts of stuff. And like we just had a ton of people. It helped us kind of reacquaint ourselves with a lot of our clients and I met some of their clients, they met some of our clients. It was really good and it really set us up at the beginning of 2017 to have a lot of success. That's how it went. And I think, yeah, 2017, we significantly increased our our revenue. So I think like the vision was born out. I don't think we did as well in terms of like pure profit as I thought we could, but I felt like it was all about growing revenue in 2017 because growing revenue meant that we were getting bigger clients and getting more clients and more work. And it, it was like, that was more the like proof of concept. And we added services. And so we got better as a company in offering a more integrated like service. That whole process was really exciting. There's definitely some fear involved and challenging. And then, you know, you're doing all this work. Plus you're, you're like planning out this whole thing. And it was really not easy, but it was definitely worth it. It was like the next logical step for us. Well, let's move into some of your favorite projects. Um, favorite projects. I think 
the one I always try and highlight, especially here in New Mexico, is um, is the work we've done for Rainbow Riders. Um, okay. Because everyone around here knows Rainbow Riders. Like, they're the big balloon company. If you're going on a balloon ride, I think they're the biggest one around. More than likely. I think they're the biggest balloon ride company in the country, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And they have, like, you know, they've in the last couple of years expanded to different locations. You know, they've so they're in Vegas and Phoenix and Colorado Springs and here. And they want to expand more. And so what basically was happening was they were using this third-party software that was sort of generic to tourism. Gotcha. Yeah. And they were adapting it to their needs. And it was, it was pretty, you know, it was old software and also... They spent a lot of time grafting it to what they need. Well, exactly. If you spend more time changing your own, you know, I guess, uh, systems and mm-hmm. methods to work with something, then it's, it's not truly a solution. Right. So then, um, yeah, so we had we have an agency partner in town that introduced us. And then when we get in there and, we, you know, we talked to the CEO, and the CEO was like, look, we really need this. This is really a, an important part of our plans going forward. And then he's like, well, we've tried three other times to do this with three other firms. And as a business owner, definitely that's a red flag, Absolutely, right? Absolutely. You know, that's, that's totally, that's totally yeah, like, because yeah. a lot of times, like, is the problem with the three firms or is the problem with, with the, the client, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, like, but the reality was this, you know, I think we did a ton of discovery. We had lots of meetings. We really kind of dialed in on what they needed, what needed to happen. We took a month to just try and understand their oh, business. That's awesome. Well, that's great. You know, we went on balloon rides yep. <laughs> because it, it, it's like, if you don't do it, well, you need the context. Yeah. You Absolutely. don't do it. Then you don't understand all the different pieces of their business. So we, you know, we did our, our due diligence with all that stuff. And then they had people that were, very generous with their time and feedback. And so phase one of the project was a lot longer than our typical phase ones because we try and have that sort of lean, iterative, agile. That's what we're about. So we try and modularize, get to MVP, different phases, roll out pieces at a time. But they needed to transition from one system to the other. And so they needed to have at least a system that was as functional as the previous system because of the payments. Gotcha. They needed to, you know, so they, could, they had to flip the switch. So we kind of, from a timeline standpoint, we laid it out at a, like a kind of low, sort of low traffic time for them. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, we launched it at the beginning of 2018. It was, I think it was seven months. Okay. Seven months that we, was our phase one launched MVP phase one, and then... Um, What's have, a typical phase one, just for context? I mean, uh, timeline-wise, it can depend, but um, certainly from a functionality standpoint, we'd like to chunk things up a lot more. Gotcha. Because... Um, so that was a big sprint. It yeah, was it was a months. huge... Yeah, it was, was a huge... Fa- huge phase one, and because we needed to flip the switch. So, yeah, we seven months, and then uh, it's been their system since. And, we, and then after that, we've done phases after that where we've added. Wonderful. Yeah, they're ready to implement new Functionality new and sure. new functionality. And so now we're really excited to continue working with them, kind of making their software more robust and, and possibly offering it to other companies. Absolutely. So it's been a great relationship. It's been a learning experience for us, for sure. It, and, and I think they're really happy and excited and um, you know, we just think of them as a partner, Absolutely. you know, they're not really a client, like they're, they're our partner in this 
you know, pretty big software project. Um, That's a wonderful way to look at it. Is that yeah. the way you view all clients? That they're partners in their own right, you know? It depends. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest. You know, we seek partnerships with all of our clients. But okay. sometimes, you know, sometimes it's more of a thing where the client has something, maybe it's a business process or a piece of software, and it's basically like an ATM for them. And what they contract us for is to make sure that the ATM, that you can just keep getting cash out of that yeah. ATM. Yeah. So to me, like, I look more for partnerships that are kind of more visionary. Okay. Like, hey, I know things could be a lot better. You know, help us make things a lot better. That's the sort of stuff I really like. I think that's the stuff where we have the most success. And part of that also, let me just say, is this. I think maybe a big reason that this project worked with us and not with other firms is that we took a long time with discovery, a long time, and all of us don't come from CS background. Like, there's one person in our company that has a CS background in college. Our company, you know, I'm a history major. You know, Josh was a philosophy major. Eric's a classics major. So, yeah, I felt like we brought some of those intangibles and characteristics that are hard to quantify that were a critical part of the success of those projects. Absolutely. Um, to me, that's like, a lot of people, they see that as a disadvantage or they get a sort of inferiority complex, but that's just long behind me. Like, I, it's, a, anything, it's, a, yeah. it's a strength. I see that as a strength. I, I see a lot of firms that don't have people like that, and they have a lot of trouble. Well, like you said, you had three bef come before you who were not able to, you know, come through with that. So mm -hmm. you guys were able to, it sounds like you do a lot more research. My, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of our process. And that's built in. And that's something that people probably have a harder time understanding coming out of this boot camp, for okay. example. And that's hard to teach. You can't teach that in 10 weeks, is that you have to understand what you're doing. Yeah. And to some extent, if you're working in business solutions, you have to understand the business. Right? Versus I mean, I mean. know so much more about <laughs> balloon rides than I would have ever thought. I mean, there's no way I would have thought in the world I would have known anything about balloons. I've never been on a balloon before yeah, I, right. I talked to them. <laughs> and it's the same thing. We, we work for a client. They're, they provide services for missionaries and churches that send mission, oh, wow. missionaries oh, all over the world. Yeah, that's a high regard. I did not know anything about <laughs> I, you know. Now, Eric, actually, he was, a, he was an ex-missionary. Okay. So that helped us out a ton with that project. But um, I didn't know anything about that stuff. I didn't know anything about ebooks. So Albuquerque is establishing itself uh, as a tech hotspot more and more each year. What do you attribute that to being, uh, you know, someone who's pretty heavily involved at this point? I think that what I think that what CNM uh, and specifically CNM Ingenuity is doing is freaking awesome. And the reason I think that is not just because I went to the boot camp and I had some success after the boot camp. You know, it's not just that. Um, what I that what they're doing is they're growing talent for in new industry like right now, right? And and so you know, like yeah, hey, we're we're basically creating talent where there isn't, there wasn't before, and we're not doing it in this way where people go into crazy debt. And, you know, we're doing it in a different model and we're getting, we're just pumping people out there quicker. But what I see is going on in, is, is a little more subtle, which is that they're reaching out to 
people like us. People that maybe aren't completely satisfied with their professional lives. Like I always tell people, like, you know, if you're in this thing, it's because you made a choice to change things. And that is like huge. And all my 20s, I, I was sort of stuck from an inertia standpoint, just not being able to kind of pull the trigger, even though I wasn't like very happy. And I feel like a lot of people are, that go to these boot camp programs are like that. And it's directly engaging with us. And I think we have more potential than other people to change the economic landscape of the state because we have a desire to have meaningful professional lives because most people don't most people just want to they want to do what they need to do collect a paycheck and keep it moving and that's fine i i, I don't begrudge that at all but what cnm ingenuity is doing with their programs like it's engaging people like us and so to dovetail back to your question, I think I see a ton of people that have gone to these programs and have worked for companies, started companies, used what they learned to propel themselves forward in crazy ways. It's got to be a positive ROI for the state. It has to be. I, I really believe that. And it's not just like 11 online or any of the other companies that have like come out of here. And it's not just like the fact that like all these people work for all these startups or these new companies. It's that those, these programs are talking to people like us. And I think a lot of people like us, they just need that little like opportunity, right? Like just, Hey, here's an opportunity to change things to sort of unlock what their potential is. So for me, people might attribute the changing of the tech landscape to state recruitment of out-of-state firm or, I don't know, uh, whatever they want to say. People might attribute it to that. I think it's, it's a combination of things. And I think ultimately the best return on investment is going to be continuing to invest in people like us. Because at the end of the day, companies come and go and companies from out of state the tax incentive dries up and then they leave but like people like us i think have the best chance of like growing something here we live here our families are here yeah yeah and i think so i think it's just it's really really smart i think it's a it has to be in ways that are probably hard to measure but it has to be a really good roi for the state i see a lot of the things that have changed in the last four years there's so many more opportunities and i'm really that's really exciting and i'm excited for people going to these programs that have more opportunities but uh i'm more excited about the digital media boot camp i really want you guys to start a podcast company i know it sounds crazy but i would love it if spinning out of this some of you guys decide you know maybe we could make this work like if we, with some guidance or some help, nobody produces podcasts in the state. Nobody. Nobody. I would love to see that. Like to me, like that's a distinct possibility. Like if, if you guys make a good podcast and maybe you guys decide, hey, we're going we're gonna to go for it. Or whatever other tech you're learning here. Like that's what I would, I would love, 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 love to see that. And I think that, that, that helps our state 
way more, way more at the end of the day than a Netflix or a call center or whatever, right? Thanks for listening. Please follow us at Oasis Podcast NM on Instagram and Twitter to keep up with the adventures of entrepreneurs in New Mexico.